This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Glad you're in. Real America's voice. Slick Rick's here doing sports. Paul Nolan's got some news. Rick Delgado's here as well. Geofran holding it down as always. We're glad you're in on a busy Wednesday night. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about from last night. President Trump making it official. 2024, make America great again. I would like to see one more again on the end of that, but no, it's just Make America Great Again. Uh, so we'll talk about the speech last night, but I want to first go over to the America First Warehouse and our own great David Zier, who just did an hour with Steve Cortez. So I want to go live over to the America's First Warehouse, because as David has done on this fantastic series he's done over there, he always gives us an opportunity to jump in after his hour is done. Mr. Zier, how are you? Uh, I'm really well. I have some hope. You know, I have new resolve to fight for my grandchildren. So we have to hang in there, right? Great Absolute. to see you guys, by the way. Absolutely right. Uh, Mr. Cortez, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. Call me Steve, please. Come on. Well, Mr. Steve, I'm old. There you go. Well, thanks for giving us a few minutes. So, and, I, and I apologize if I'm asking anything. I know you guys just did a great hour over there. If I ask anything you already talked about. Um, but I want to ask you about, obviously, last night. That's what's on everybody's mind. The president announced his candidacy again. 64-minute um, speech. And for me, I really like teleprompter Trump. I know everybody, a lot of people, I got some emails saying, oh, his energy seems low, and they wanted more, a little more fire from the president. But I thought the president, and I'd like to get your, your thoughts on this, the president seemed to present themselves highly prepared remarks. It seemed like the whole evening was... Um, kind of planned out, not a lot of zingers that we're used to from the president. Do you think that we, the voters, should take from last night that he intends to really set the tone of a disciplined race? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, listen, it certainly was disciplined last night. And yes, listen, I thought it was entirely appropriate that it was a polished policy speech. It wasn't a rah-rah speech. It wasn't a pep rally or a Trump rally speech. Now, there's a, there's a time and place for those, and nobody does them better, of course, than Donald Trump. But I think he what he proved uh, to those folks who may have forgotten, who maybe haven't been following him lately, uh, is that he has the policy chops, right? That he can make, he can prosecute the case effectively with facts, with data and evidence against Joe Biden, the massive amount of damage that he has wrought in this country in a pretty short period of time. It's pretty astounding. You know, folks like me, I knew things would be bad. I knew inflation would be out of control. I had no idea it would be this bad this fast, okay? So he did a very good job of prosecuting the case against Joe Biden, but then also painting the alternative. What he would do, some of which he did before, some of which is brand new. So it was a serious speech, and I, I, I've seen that criticism uh, that it was uh, dour, you know, or that it was, it was downbeat. I, I don't take it that way. This was his chance to make a serious, 
policy proposal for what's wrong with America, why his agenda would fix it, and why he's the right man to implement that agenda. There will certainly be plenty of occasions in this campaign uh, for more Trump unplugged, you know, for Trump unleashed. And, and believe me, we're going to see that. To also answer your question about is Donald Trump always going to be sort of the disciplined candidate? Uh, hell no. No, yeah. that's just not going to happen. It's not who he is, right? And uh, even those of us who worked in his campaigns, there are times when we'd wish for a little more discipline. But it's also, look, the, the attributes of Trump um, and his authenticity far outweigh any of the problems that his authenticity and his bluntness sometimes brings on. Yeah, let me ask you a couple other questions about last night because I'm really interested in um, in looking a little past the actual speech and some of the other <clears throat> other decisions that were made last night. So let's talk about the optics. And you just mentioned it, which is very interesting. Why do you think Mar-a-Lago was the um, was the choice last night with 500, 700 handpicked people? Why not? You know, as a former president, it's different than 2015 when he was a businessman, billionaire, New York real estate guru who ran, and we had never seen anything like him before. Now running as a former president, you would figure he has to run a little a little different. So why Mar-a-Lago? Why not a big 20,000, 30,000 person rally to say, you know, here is this movement. We, I mean, we're here. This is the strength of this movement. Why do you think Mar-a-Lago was the choice last night? Well, and listen, again, I, I don't think it has to be either or, of course. I mean, it, it was for that single night. But my point is, in the coming weeks and months, I think we're going to have plenty of those massive rallies and plenty of those really fun, raucous affairs. But I, I think that he properly said the condition of the country is is really dire right now, right? And I think he recognizes that. So in some degree, like the American people are not in, are, are not in a mood right now. Or there's so much understandable angst and anxiety out there that he should first, we, there's a time for fun and there's a time for... Uh, for the pomp and circumstance, but that he should first make the serious policy case for how do we fix this quagmire? How do we begin to unwind the damage that has been done by Joe Biden? So I think it was entirely appropriate, given the mood of the country, given the temperature of the country, all of the polling, for example, on right track, wrong track, uh, is reaching historic uh, extremes the wrong way, of course. Uh, the, the, the country's in an extremely foul mood, and understandably so. That's not just uh, emotionalism from the, United, from the American people. It's because they are so so stressed, particularly economically. So I think Donald Trump correctly read the national mood, read the room, as it were, of America and said, I'm going to give a dispassionate policy speech, laying things out. And there's a time for the sort of more uh, the, the more fun aspects to come later. Damon, if I could just add, yeah. you know, maybe he was sending a signal that Mar-a-Lago was alive and well and still his home. Well, certainly, I mean, we argue that Florida now is really the home base of the Republican Party in some ways, obviously with DeSantis and Trump. Uh, let me ask you about the timing, Steve, because the timing to me is maybe the most interesting part of this decision last night. 700 plus days, first primaries, not until early 2024. Is it just that the president sees some advantage to getting in early that he's trying to clear the field? Because, and I know, you know, he's kind of taking shots at DeSantis and Youngkin and some others. It just seems like this is extremely early to do this, where you've got a lot of time. If anyone else is going to get in the race, they may not get in until, well, kind of like he did in 15, June of 2023. It's very early. He has a lot of time now between now and then. Uh, what do you make of, of why last night as far as the timing goes? Is it just to clear the field or what do you think it is? You know, it's interesting. If we look back 
historically, uh, Andrew Jackson, who I think is, is one of the greatest presidents in American history and a lot like Donald Trump. And of course, Donald Trump had a statue of Andrew Jackson in the Oval Office right behind his desk. Andrew Jackson, when he was cheated out of an election, and he was cheated out of an election, he literally declared his candidacy, if not the next day, I think it was the next week. He said, okay, he went back to Tennessee and he said, I'm running for office. And he did, in fact, then get elected. So I think perhaps Donald Trump, you know, because of what went on in 2020, this is a very different cycle in that regard. And, and he has a very different mentality, understandably so, uh, knowing that that election was rigged against him. And so he has effectively been a candidate, I think, you know, since the day he left the Oval Office, let's just be honest, right? But he made it official now. And you're right, he made it official at a much earlier date than is typical. Uh, I did not talk to him about this date, so I don't know his, his thinking. And perhaps part of it was, you know, also clearing the field, uh, which could happen. But listen, as far as clearing the field, there's no doubt that there's going to be a primary. And I think a robust one. And by the way, that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, we want competitive primaries. Uh, it's good for the movement. It's good for our country. Uh, that is going to happen. And I, I personally wish he wouldn't have gone after uh, Ron DeSantis that way. I, I, I think that that was a mistake. Uh, but having said that, I also think he gave a wonderful policy-heavy, serious spe speech last night that was, uh, at the same time, um, uh, very honest about the about the terrible state of the country, but then also hopeful about how we get to the business of fixing it. Yeah, and Steve, I was with Trump and DeSantis about a year, a year and a half ago at Mar-a-Lago, and Trump said he was the best governor in the country. So, you know, I, I think they wind up to be allies, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> I think that's the only ticket that might win. You know, Steve, the other thing yeah. that was not lost on me last night, and I like your thoughts on this too, um, it was not lost on me, and because people say today, oh, he didn't take a shot at DeSantis, he didn't, not a lot of zingers last night, that's all good, and, and I agree with that. But in a way, you know, he set the table, it was, he talked a lot of foreign policy last night, which is very interesting, because that's the one thing that as, as you look at a possible governor who might get in the race and others, that's the one thing that obviously he has a lot of experience on. Sure. So talking about foreign policy last night was almost in a kind of a weird way, almost taking a shot saying, hey, let's remember here who really is the, you know, the top dog here when it comes to China, when it comes to Iran, when it comes to all of our enemies who are on the move here. Let's, you know, did, did you pick up on how much foreign policy? Do you think that was um, yes. definitely specific? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was, you know, targeted at, at other potential opponents, but I definitely think that, yes, he's making the case as well he should, right? That as a former commander-in-chief, uh, he has attributes and experience that no other opponent, whoever decides to get in the race, will have just by definition, right? Um, and I also think regarding foreign policy and, and, and the way it relates back to domestic policy, Donald Trump, to me, two of the most transformational successes of his first term in office, and even if he only has that one term, this will be, in my view, his enduring legacy. Number one, he completely changed America's thinking and posture towards China uh, to the point where now even liberal Democrats will sort of compete with each other about who supposedly is tougher on China. I mean, but think of how much Trump himself, through his argumentation and through his force of will, changed our thinking. He, he completely changed the way in which we view China, the way in which we approach China. So just an unbelievable, enduring success that was badly needed. But then the second thing is, uh, to, to he inherited wars, disastrous, uh, costly wars, costly in both both human blood, American blood, as well as in treasure, American treasure, he inherited wars that he wound down. And he had an America first foreign policy of realism and restraint. And it was so badly needed because both of his predecessors, Obama and Bush, were disasters when it came to constant interventions and constant war fighting all over the world that didn't serve America's interests. Uh, he changed that and he changed it dramatically. Uh, and he, he absolutely can and should brag quite a bit about that on the campaign trail because I believe, again, it's one of his 
his greatest accomplishments and I think will be one of his greatest legacies is, is an America first foreign policy posture. And his Middle East accomplishments. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. All right, so I only got a couple minutes left. So let me ask you the question that we've talked about probably the most on this show, and that is uh, debating whether whether it's 50-50, 51-49, 52-48. What was the difference in the Senate? Because when it's Mitch McConnell, it's going to be Mitch McConnell again. And now you look at the elections in the House. Um, you know, if you took two pieces of paper and you had to write on one, the Democrats who don't agree with their party from the top down who kind of say, no, I'm not really with you. You'd have a blank piece of paper. If you did that on the Republican side, you'd have to go to Staples and get about nine reams of paper because that's just the party that we're at. So should we care that it's uh, 50-50 or 50? Why should I care that we didn't win the Senate? Can you, can you make a case yeah. for that? No, it's a great question. Here's why it absolutely matters to get to 50-50, is because we know that of the Democrats, Joe Manchin is by far the most reasonable Democrat, right? I believe, by the way, if we'd done better in the Senate, if we'd gotten a 53-54 seats, I think he would have come over. I really do. Uh, but he's not going to do it now because he's the most powerful man in Washington, D.C., assuming it ends up being tied at 50-50, which I believe it will be. I think Herschel will win. But the reason we need that seat is uh, Manchin is then singularly you know, pursued and important and pivotal. And again, he's by far the most reasonable. Democrat and also facing re-election in 2024 uh, in a incredibly MAGA state of West Virginia. As a matter of fact, the best state in America for Donald Trump in 2020. So the political forces on him are going to be significant to actually cross over and agree with those 50 Republicans if, in fact, it is 50 and he becomes a deciding vote. So that's why this Georgia race really, really matters. I also just think Herschel Walker is a phenomenal man, an incredible politician. I think he's going to be a great senator for Georgia. So let's work and get him home. Yeah, and Kelly Chewbacca is like getting a Republican if she wins, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, well, if Mitch hadn't pulled all the money out, maybe we'd have a chance there, but that's the way it goes. So, uh, Well, guys, thanks again for giving us a few moments. Uh, David, great stuff you're doing over there at the America's First Warehouse. We want to thank Joe and everybody over there. And Steve, thank you very much for joining us. We'd love to have you on again. You bet. You bet. Thank you. Thank right, Steve you, Cortez and the great David Zier over at the America's First Warehouse. They did a great hour. Uh, and thanks them for joining us live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. We got lots to do. We'll do it. We get back. We'll talk about the president. Talk about other news today. Slick Rick's got sports. Paul's got news. Lots to do. Glad you're in on a Wednesday. We're back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. 
right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Glad you're in. I want to thank David Zier again and Steve Cortez for joining us in the opening segment. David's done this great series over at the America's First Warehouse. Got great guests. We've been lucky enough to grab him on this show for the first segment, and it's been fantastic. And uh, Steve was great. So, um, Paul Nolan, let me come to you first. First of all, uh, what did you think of the president last night? Slick Rick and um, Delgado are going to decide where they're going to take us to dinner. <laughs> I'm uh, voting for... Um, yeah, I know what you're voting. I don't know. Let's, I go to, just... let's just keep it cheap. We'll go to Pace's Steakhouse. We'll keep it nice and... Eh, I was thinking more like, um, like a Nobu taco. in the city or something like, like that. Like a Taco Ooh, Bell. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, no bucks. Taco okay. Bell's nice. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, ta- taco Bell's nice, but taco I was Bell's thinking nice. of Steakhouse. Yeah, you got to yeah. go somewhere steakhouse. that puts gold flake into everything. We'll keep, yeah, we'll keep, it, we'll keep it around a dime or two for them, so... Um, well, the way Slick Rick's going in the odds makers, he's going to have to take a loan just to just to take us. He's not even going to be able to cash out his winnings and go to dinner because it's it's evaporating quickly. Oh, he, that's receding faster than my hairline. <laughs> uh, so, Paul, how, uh, what'd you think of the president? And what'd you think of? Um, I know you like Steve Cortez a lot. What'd you think of the president oh, man, last night? I, well, if I could just uh, quick hit, yeah. Steve Cortez is great. I mean, he's honestly, he, it's great when he says the things. That he says he he doesn't come across like a tinfoil hat guy like me, so I'm gonna try to go to his school of eloquence. Um, I think you nailed it when you said professional for Trump. It, it was just clean, it was concise, and it was all business to me. But my big observation was the yell I heard from the living room. My wife, what's going on with Fox? And I'm like, well, here we go with Fox again. <laughs> She's they they go to the the the. the they go to the, the speech and and there's uh you know Trump speaking and they cut away right away and they, and right away Handy says something like you know oh you can see the president and this is what he said well, you just watched eight seconds of it what is he talking about then they cut back and then Laura Ingram said something if anything pertinent happens we'll show you wait a minute it's it's pertinent because it's happening now you wackadoodles what are you doing so it's very clear to me that Fox is going to sandbag the daylights out of Trump. He'll get no support from what's supposedly the conservative outlet who is, to me, just another sham controlled opposition. It'll constantly give people this fake little bit of BS. Oh, Trump did this and he was right. But, you know, when he killed the puppy, the puppy had it coming and they'll frame everything in a way that People from the right who don't know that Fox is in on this big sham of of propaganda because they're big corporate illusion, and they're going to do everything in their power to, you know, uh, subvert his 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 run. And it's very obvious to me right out of the gate how they treated that that announcement. I was disgusted, absolutely disgusted. And it's why you can't look at Fox. It's why their their ratings are going in the tank too. Well. Um- Rupert basically came out and said that there's, there's, he's not uh, not supporting him. This so it's not. You know, we knew that the kids were going to take that a big step to the left. But that's why people are tuned into us. Honestly, that's why yeah. they're tuned into us. We had great coverage last night. Um, we showed the whole thing, and I mean that's why. So, uh, what'd you think, Delgado, last night? Paul makes a good point on the media. Obviously, they're going to do anything they can until someone else. If it's not Trump, or once we get into the primary, it'll be like whoever is there. Oh, well, they'll just demonize. Like as we, you guys have been saying, it doesn't right. matter. DeSantis, uh, whoever it is, they're going to demonize the same way. What'd you think of the president last night? Um, you know what? I was quite surprised. Uh, I didn't see that coming. 
to be honest with you. I really thought he was going to do something. No, I should have kept it. You know what? I should have kissed We'll talk it. about it at dessert. I should, yeah, exactly. I should have kept it simple. I should have just kissed it because usually the most obvious answer is the right one. But for some reason, I felt like maybe he was baiting the hook. I was wrong. Oh, well. Um, you know, uh, I thought he was great. You know, uh, like you said, he was on point. This was this was not a rally speech. This was, hey, this is this this is a serious speech. This is a, this is a a speech that said, I'm coming back. I'm determined, and you know they kept using the word glorious, which I found interesting. Yes, I agree. Um, it's one of the things that stood out to me as well because that that kind of elevates things. You know, kind of it kind of paints a picture in your mind, and it was done on purpose, of course, because that you know whenever you're doing speeches like this, you want to try and paint certain pictures, and I think he was he was getting to that. I think he was showing us, you know what, you know that light that we we started to see when he was in office, how the the economy was going well, you know, uh, there there wasn't the crazy uh, little fat guy over North Korea we had to worry about. We didn't have to worry about any of the other stuff. Um, now you see it all again, and, and it's right in front of your face, and it's a disaster unfolding. Um, I miss Daddy T. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Not, not very glorious when you're looking out at the state of the country, especially when you compile that. You know, with the with the, what you see every day on the news, they can't hide it. The crime that is rampant throughout the country. And I thought one of the great things that he said, and this is going to touch a lot of people, is that anybody who is affected by these mandates, you should be hired back. You know, he talk, I think he talked about the military. Anybody who was fired because of this stuff, I think that's going to be a great rallying point. I'll tell you, I, I, I heard it a little different way. To me, that was as close to, that was as close to him saying the, the military thing about the back pay and an apology. Yes, he yeah, said. the apology part. That's as close to I've heard him say, you know, the, he hasn't gotten off his vaccine. You know, he, and I've been talking about this, that someone could run to the right of him on the vaccines. You know, how, I, think it's the, I think it's the issue of our time. Uh, yep. This bioweapon and how it was used against the people. That's as close to him saying some things got off the rails as I've, as I've heard. Right. So that was interesting. I have that actually. One of the I clips. I think it's interesting, D, that you actually used the term bioweapon there because. I've been using <laughs> that's that. A, no, but, but, well, all right, good. Um, I'm just saying in general. I mean, I know you don't listen on, to me, but I mean, when I talk. Well, why would I? <laughs> yeah, of course. What did you say? Too yeah, too naive. <laughs> Um, no, but like, you know, we were talking, you know, I said, you know, from Jump Street, I thought this was going to be a weapon of some sort. And I know it's hard for us to, we're not really allowed to say certain things along these lines, but the fact that, you know, look, you're more middle of the road than, than me and Delgado with all due respect. I mean, you're let, you know, I, I see something shady right away. I jump to the tinfoil hat and I say, I know how this game's played and I lose my, I lose my cookies right away. And you're more measured. And the fact that a guy like you is saying something, the effect of bioweapon, it just, I, I, I just, uh, it pleases me to a degree because I'm sick and tired of people still not admitting that this thing is a complete disaster. We're watching Sudden adult death syndrome all over the place. We're watching athletes drop like flies. You know, we're seeing insurance agencies talk about the uh, anomalies. We're talking about the endless amount of times I got to hear about this week that, oh, the population's at eight billion, you know, eight billion people. Big deal. We're not even close to overpopulation, but that's the narrative they want to pump. 
And and to me, I, I knew eugenics has never gone away. It's the billionaires and the rich and the plutocrats and the aristocrats and you know all the ultra uber rich have always believed in eugenics. You know, and it's gone back. I mean, you, it's it's here now. It's been back at the dawning of time. And I, and to me, anybody who thinks that that these people don't think along those lines, that's so what if it kills a million people? It's one less million breathers on our planet. And that's, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, I was like, I'm just surprised to hear you say bioweapon. And I have not heard you say it before, so. Yeah, yeah. me either. Yeah, I've, I've said it for weeks now. Months. I've called it that. Wow, that's we really haven't been listening to you. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, I know you guys don't listen. That's fine. <laughs> it's funny what happens when we're all in the same room. I wouldn't room listen for either. Once. No one listens. Fran doesn't listen. Nobody listens. I no, listen yeah. to that. You're just not listening to me. Okay, very good. Um, <laughs> Who was that right. talking Slick Rick, let's get your. We don't. We'll do sports when we get back. So let's talk about the president last night. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was great. You know, no surprise. Unfortunately, I followed Delgado and the dishwasher into the back of the restaurant <laughs> on that bet, which cost me. But long story short, I felt like he's going the uh, unite. It's about we. It's it's not about him. He's making it about us, which I really liked. I picked up on that in his speech. I like how he recognized his son Eric, saying he got more subpoenas than Jesse James in his time. So uh, you know, it was good to see that as well. The million dollar question for me. Who is the running mate? That's what I want to know, and that will really determine how well I think he'll do, depending on who he chooses as a running mate. So I don't know when that'll be answered, but, boy, that's all I kept thinking about last night, especially two-thirds into that show. But it was good. Does, good, it, good. Well, the, Does the, it have the, to be a woman of color, you think? Realistically, do you think it has to be a person of color in this world? Does he have to take – let's talk about that at the break. Let's ask the audience what they think. Get, get her. Fill us in. Getter Chats fired up. Make sure you share the show. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get back. Some of the steps. One of my things about this timing, interested to get Steve Cortez. There's a lot of time between now and we got a lot of steps to get to before that. So we'll talk about it when we get back live from Studio 6B. B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. We'll get to some more news. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Fran holding it down as always. We'll talk more about the president's speech last night. Couple good reviews of the president's speech we'll talk about. And we'll look at some clips from the president's speech. Some specific things I picked out that uh, I thought were very interesting. And again, I, I, the whole night to me seemed um, very planned out, very calculated, which I have no problem with. And I have no problem also with the fact that as I watched the speech, I kind of thought to myself, um, well, I don't know. He seems a little low energy, and it seems a little more backwards-looking than I thought. When I first was listening to it live, just thinking about it, and I was doing other things. I was having computer problems, so I was not 100% focused on what he was saying. But um, I watched it again today, and I, I do really like when I think back of State of the Unions that of his that I really loved and other speeches, the speech he gave at the United Nations, the speech he gave in um, somewhere over, I can't remember exactly where it was, but when he really does stick to the teleprompter, I think that's my favorite Trump. As much as I love the fiery stuff, I love the zingers, I love all, you know, I love all that. And there was a couple of them last night, but it wasn't in typical President Trump fashion. It was much more calculated. The whole thing seemed very planned out. He really did stick for the most part to the messaging. And um, yeah, I really, upon watching it again, I really, I really did enjoy it. And there was really some, 
there were some really good moments that hit, I thought, I thought very, uh, very, very well. So we'll get to some of those clips <clears throat> here in a second. But let's do some sports. Uh, sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. Make sure you go over to MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Uh, if you're so inclined to buy something, use our code for 10 to 60% off, whatever you want, over at Lindell. Uh, MyPillow and my store. Don't forget about my store if you want the coffee or any of the other great stuff. they got some great stuff, American flags, other great stuff over at MyStore.com. Uh, LFS6B is the code. What's going on, Slick? All right, well, let me take my lumps because there was no show last night for me to be on. And, uh, well, the Commanders came through. They beat the 8-0 Philadelphia Eagles in Monday Night Football, 32-21. Uh, great game, Big D, and I lost money, but I was it's okay. I don't, I'm not a big Eagles fan, as you know, because they're Cowboy rivals. That NFC East has really gotten strong, though. Top to bottom, it's really starting to get serious, and the Redskins are playing. I mean, excuse me, the Commanders are playing really good. Cowboys and, are in first in the NFC East? No, now? Cowboys are in third right oh, now. Oh, yeah, no. What are you going to do? All right. This is bad. What can you tell you? Life of a football that's fan. Buffalo Bills in third place, too. Is that, that's fun to hear. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, AFC East is up, up for grabs, too, now. And, uh, well, let's breaking news just a few minutes ago. Um, we had the uh, Major League Baseball announced that uh, Cy Young Award winners Justin Verlander, Houston Astros, and the Miami Marlins, uh, Sandy Alicantara, both won the Cy Young Awards. Uh, this is the third one for Verlander, 39 years old, big. Day. Not bad for the old guy there throwing those pitches. And the uh, number three Cy Young Award winner. And uh, and this is uh, Sandy's first one. So uh, really good stuff in Major League Baseball. And let's get right into this. I have breaking news here just to get um, Fox News has declared Joe Biden the winner of the 2024 presidential election. <laughs> 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 Ashley St. Clair on Twitter. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Big they day. already called Arizona, too? Yeah. That's long called. Yeah, they called that earlier tonight. <laughs> All right. What and, else, Slick Rick? A couple quick scores. NHL, Sabres, and Senate. Is right now tied at one, 11 minutes to go in the second. The Blues are beating the Blackhawks one zip in Chicago, 18 minutes to go in the second. Kings and Oilers coming up at 10 p.m. out west. And a couple of basketball scores, NCAA men's right now. Uh, Houston over Texas Southern, 22-33. Arkansas over South Dakota State, 28-19. Both games are in the first. And a little football tonight, too. Big deal. A little college football going on. Mac East- action. Yes, sir. Kent State right now leading Eastern Michigan, 17-14, 8 to go in the third. Uh, Miami of Ohio over North Illinois, 16-10 to at the half. And Western Michigan and Central Michigan both tied at 7, minute to go in the first quarter. One more quick story, of course. We know that's sad news that uh, happened at the University of Virginia. They have now canceled their Week 12 game after the deadly shooting that happened on Sunday night. This is from Sportsnut. This is from Jason Burgos, who reported the deadly shooting over the uh, weekend that led to the death of three Virginia Cavaliers football players, unsurprisingly, has resulted in the cancellation of their game Week 12 of the college football season. The University of Virginia campus was rocked on Sunday when former UVA football player Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. opened fire on a bus filled with students that included quite a few current talents on the Virginia Cavaliers football squad. The horrifying incident led to the tragic deaths of players Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry, as well as running back Mike Collins currently being in critical condition and required the help of a ventilator. On Wednesday, the school announced on its website that its Week 12 matchup with Coastal Carolina on Saturday had officially been called off and is unclear if they will take part in their regular season finale at the end of the month. So just sad news, rocking that NCAA Division I men's football team. And uh, that's a wrap in sports, Big D. All right, Slick Rick, thanks. We'll do some more sports. We'll do some more news. All right, let's get to the precedent from last night, G. We'll start cut one. So this is what I was saying to Steve Cortez. It was not lost on me how much of the 
How many times the president took, and even if it wasn't, it was kind of uh, subtle, um, how many foreign policy little things he got into the speech? And uh, even before he officially made the announcement to say, you know, I'm announcing tonight, which we'll get to here, he had this early on in the speech. Cut one, G, roll that. For the first time in memory, China was reeling and back on its heels. You've never seen that before because the United States was outdoing them on every single front and China was paying billions and billions of dollars in taxes and tariffs. The farmers know that because they got 28 billion of it. No president had ever sought or received one dollar for our country from China until I came along and we were getting hundreds of billions of dollars. Many people think that because of this, China played a very active role in the 2020 election. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> sure that didn't happen. <laughs> so there was the president talking about China. Even that little quip at the end there. Normally you would have thought he would have went on a 10-minute diatribe about it afterwards, but that's, he left it at just that. So those are the moments that I say very, seemingly very thought through, very on point, on message, didn't get off into big tangents like that, didn't go back and look at 2020 and talk about all that, made little comments like that. Everybody knows what he's talking about, got the point across. But the, the foreign policy, subtle little hints at foreign policy throughout the speech is, a, is an interesting um, political move because when you talk about the, the number one person that everyone thinks is going to, and we don't know for sure, by the way, uh, DeSantis, would, that, would be a big, that would be a big place to spend a lot of time in separating, saying, hey, yeah, he's a great governor, but I, I dealt with the world. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a great point, because I was thinking about that, too, uh, when I was on my way uh, to the studio tonight. It's like, well, you know, you hear about these people talking about, oh, this person or that person. What could Trump say to, to kind of effectively kind of cut their legs out? It's like, yeah, you want to do that? I've already done it. You know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hold China to, I've already done it. I'm going to make sure that North Korea, I've already done it. It was almost like he was running through a checklist mm -hmm. of, of his success of his foreign policy. So you could kind of be reminded of like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It was kind of, it was kind of safer. We weren't on the brink of uh, world war three. What? Isn't that wild? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very strategic political move to do that, and I mean, I mean, and I could be reading way too much into it, but I, but I, and I think it's a, it's a valid thing to continue to harp on because that'll be one separation between him and every anybody who does want to get in the race. And I'll tell you another one, and I'll get away from the clips of the president from last night. We'll get right back to him though. But um, cut twelve. I, I tweeted this and I said, uh, let's see him pull this with Trump. This is the perfect example of why of what Trump can stand on. Um, because something like this would never, it certainly would happen with President Biden. It maybe has, and we just don't have video of it, but we do have video of it happening with the weasel um, up in Canada. Watch this. Roll that, G. Here he is with President Xi. Everything we discuss is to the paper, that's not a and that's not how the way the conversation was conducted. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. If there is... 
if there is sincerity we on your part. Free and open and frank dialogue, and that is what we will continue to have. We will continue to look to work constructively together, but there will be things we will disagree on, and we will have to work together. Let's create the conditions first. As he skimpers away crying. <laughs> yeah. So there, there you go. Talk about getting yeah. dressed down on the world stage from President Xi. That's what Justin Trudeau just suffered, looking like a yeah, fool. He just kind of had a diaper stuck on his face. Yeah. He oh. needed one in his pants, too, after yeah. that, because he was probably you-know-what <laughs> after getting... Uh, you, think, you think he'd pull that with President Trump? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, no, no, I don't think so. That, that conversation would not have gone like that. No. I can tell you that right now. No, this I is just, disgusting. And, and what's funny is that I, I'm, I remember this video that I saw a couple days ago of President Trump meeting President Putin. I don't know. Do you remember when they first met? He goes to shake his hand, and Trump just literally yanks him in. He just pulls him in, and he starts shaking his hand and standing over him like, I, I'm, I'm in charge here. Well, my favorite clip ever is the one at the G7 or whatever oh, it was. Oh, when he pushes people out of the way. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the best. I mean, that's the best clip ever, ever. That's the best clip ever, and that's the anti Justin Trudeau. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we we believe in open. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he just got pants. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what every leader thinks of you. So that would he's, let's he's a, see that that would never happen. That would absolutely happen with Joe Biden. He, he'd be, uh, 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 you know, if he wasn't sleeping. Yeah. And you saw what happened, uh, I guess, a couple days ago. Right. They were dressed up in their shirts. I guess they were assigned shirts that they had to yeah. wear. Yeah. yeah and, I saw Biden yeah. and Trudeau walking and in just, like it's kind of in their local it's like, Chinese garb. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they not to offend. Like they're subservient. Oh, they are not like they are. They are. Yeah, this is a perfect example of of the Chinese model is exactly what the World Economic Forum wants. The World Economic Forum wants to take over the money supply and and the powers that be, uh, which is the Fed. The Fed runs this country now, the IMF, and then the World uh, Bank and the business of international settlements. And and the World Economic Forum wants to be in control of all of those mechanisms and with it controlling all nation states that are in China and Russia and controlling all of us. And then they can put their social credit score. And this is they uh, Trudeau is just a puppet and he's going to, he's going to do whatever his bosses tell him to do. That's why he rolled over like that. Cause, cause he's nobody in that room. That's exactly right. He is a nobody in that room and he has no cojones, obviously clearly because he wouldn't be, she wouldn't pull that with Trump. He wouldn't even think about it. He wouldn't even think about it. And it just shows you leadership on the world stage matters when you're in the United States. And, and that's what this is. Biden this would is a, have a similar outcome to Trudeau, if you ask me. Yeah. This is, the, this is what it is. Biden is going to serve the World Economic Forum. He's going to serve the banks. He's going to be their puppet, uh, as is Trudeau, as is all these major leaders who have IMF banks. And what we'll see with Trump is he's the only guy who will find the International Monetary Fund and the and the fiat funny money system that is, you know, completely destroyed this country from the from its core. And he is the he's just essentially the only guy who will stand up to these world banks. All right, we'll do some news with Paul. We'll do some more clips from the president last night when we get back live from Studio Six B on a Wednesday night.
Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's gotten uh, doing sports. Gotten sports? Is that English? No, yeah. I don't think so. Is this English? I'm in the next episode. Paul <laughs> Nolan's going to do some news. And uh, Rick Delgado's here. GeoFran holding it down as always. Like the new uh, Live from Studio 6B desk here, Mr. Nolan. You haven't seen it yet, but it's uh, pretty tremendous. So, yeah, I'll be in there tomorrow. All four of us in one spot. It's fun. I like that I can watch Slick Rick do sports. And I can talk right to him right here. He's right. right there. So I like it. So come on. And then Delgado's here right next to me. So during his what even is that, I can give him like I can <laughs> can throw him off. So I like that too. So uh I right, no Rick one looks like some... one of those kids just like meeting Biden for the first time. <laughs> well fun. See, look at now he's doing it. See, this is this could be this could be bad. So yeah, it could be. Um Paul, you want to do some news? Do you want to do some more clips of the president from last night? Well, let's do some news. You must have some news. Uh, let's well, I got that. a couple things. I just want to, you know, Gateway Pundit, you know, I know I, you want me to do mostly just the news, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. But um, th this is story, a couple there that just really hit me to the my core here. What's what, what, what? I like what? how you just talk about our, our <laughs> private conversations on the air. <laughs> well, I, sometimes, sometimes I just feel like I, have I know you want me to do just voice. the news, Damon, but... <laughs> he thinks we're in the break. <laughs> our buddy John uh, Solomon, that's all I'm saying. Throw him a bone here once in a while, that's all. Breaking the fourth wall. All right, hold on. <laughs> I might as well really go out there. Oh, here so we go. Martians, Martians are us. <laughs> from from <laughs> natural God. news, Canada is pro death the world leader in euthanasia is now considering medically assisted suicide of children without parental consent all right i'll go away from that story um but that is that's an actual story i looked into it and but this is something i found was interesting as heck was the uh patriot accuses harris county commissioners of election fraud we had sick and tired of that and this is the word he used now he, this was a man of uh Dr. Melanin and me and you, and he said, we are sick and tired of that N blank, two consonants and a vowel. It's going to be us that takes that N-E-G-R-O out. And now this guy was, now this guy was like, what he said, he was, he took over the whole uh uh, election board and, and the court uh, commissioner's court meeting. And I got to tell you, when I saw it, I was honestly choked up by like just how fed up. So on Tuesday, residents of, of Harris County attended the commissioner court meeting to discuss the chronic issues with the Harris County elections. And um, it could be uh, recalled that that uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Monday called for an investigation into the widespread problems in Harris County. Uh, one Harris County uh, race in particular is raising eyebrows. The corrupt Harris County uh, judge, Lena Hidalgo, won her re-election by nearly 16,000 votes against a very popular Republican opponent. Hidalgo's three staffers are under indictment and law enforcement booed her during a commissioner's <laughs> court meeting last month. Republicans spent millions to unseat her, but somehow she still won her re-election. And uh, Abbott's calling for an investigation and the allegations of election improprieties of our state's largest county may result from anything from ranging from malfeasance to blatant criminal contact. So I, I just wanted to touch on this story because People, I'm watching videos across the country of people who are completely heartbroken and enraged. And it's like these, uh, you know, these all the corruption in these elections, it's like they're picking a fight and they're going out of their way to really break hearts and, and really break people up. Uh, this is, it's destroyed. These, these, these elections are destroying this nation. So I just wanted to touch that one before. And then I'll get more mainstream after that. So, okay. 
I saw Governor Abbott put something out about that today, so we'll see what comes of it. What else is going on? Um, if you wanted to, like, go a few, uh, you know. Um, or we can do the, more the other, news later. You want to get back to the president? I ha only have seven stories for today, so if you want to get back to the president, I, I only have uh, six left, so. All right. Um, let's go cut to G. Here's where the president made it uh, official. Roll that. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Together, we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This will not be my campaign. This will be our campaign altogether. And Slick Rick, right to your point there. Yep. Right. Absolutely. I liked how he did that. He wants to make it about everybody, not about Trump. You know, and I think that's a really smart play. And of course, that's the one thing that all, a lot of his critics talk about him, right? Yep. What do they say? Oh, this guy is the most egotistical, most narcissistic, most this, most that. Well, there was many things last night that are absolutely antithetical to those ideas that he talked about that absolutely hit with me. And that was one of them. That moment. Uh, a couple other things from the president. This, I thought, again, very interesting, calculated, thought through, was the way he phrased. Now, listen to this. Did, I don't know if you picked. Did you? I don't know if you picked up on this, but listen to how he refers to the Biden administration. Really, the Biden administration is what he's talking about. Roll okay. three, G. Cut three. And one of the beautiful things of the pause if there is such a thing as a beautiful stop, stop thing did you, <laughs> did you did you when you heard this live because i didn't I, I i don't understand what he meant i thought yeah, he was he was was he mocking uh biden there because he, he's basically I, saying listen i was here for four years and now we've had this little hiccup which i'm going to refer to as a pause okay and then i'm basically taking my rightful spot back in 24 so he refers to the biden administration as a pause, which I this is so brilliant. <laughs> Roll it. Go play the rest of it. The the important factors of the pause is that we see oh, okay. how bad they've done. So we will be able to do it properly and it will be much easier. Everybody will agree with us because everybody sees what a bad job has been done during this two year period and it will be a four year period. Everybody sees that it will be much easier for us to do what has to be done. Yeah. Right. right, that's, right. that's that's pretty. Um, I mean, that's pretty calculated, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, he's kind of pointing it out, saying, look, you're seeing it. You're seeing it all. How does it look? Do you love it? No, of course you don't. You hate it. And the, it's idea, be, the idea of referring to it as a pause, as a pause it's like setting yeah. you up. It's like <laughs> setting you up for saying, no, no, this is, this is mine. Right. And we can discuss how this little pause has to happen in, in between, unfortunately, but this is, this is rightfully mine. So just be ready. Right. In, in other words, <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you had to see this to understand what we were doing and what it's going to take to get us to where we need to be. You have to see, you know, as, as Paul points out, the people that are pulling the strings all the time, now you see them. 
And that's why I think that's why he also says, and when when uh, you know when we come back, it'll be easier for them to get these things done because you've already seen it. You know what we're up against. Instead of instead of it being like a conspiracy theory, like oh well, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. Nobody controls anything. It's almost like referring to it, not referring to him as the Biden administration throughout his speech last night almost doesn't give it any credence. You know, Paul, did you do you, do you like this whole idea of the calling it the pause? Yes. Yeah, honestly, in between yeah. two, four, you know, in between my first and now second uh, residency in the White House. Yeah, I like the idea of branding it that we that that's the key. You have to brand these days and everything, and that's the perfect brand for this. And if we because that would be a household term, in my opinion, the pause, the pause in America's greatness, because this is a disaster. What we're seeing, I mean, we're watching the systematic destruction of the greatest nation that ever ever in history, and here we are watching it by design, by design, no less. I mean, so but I, I love the idea. I I love that. Yeah. These were the moments that I really did not catch the first time and then really thought about it and thought, you know, this was really more calculated than I think anyone maybe listening to it for the first time really caught up on uh, how specific some things yeah. in this speech really were. So, all right, we'll do more about it when we get back live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Studio 6B on a Wednesday, hour two. Glad you're in. Real America's voice. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's here. Paul's doing the news. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Lots to talk about. We'll continue on through the president's speech. A couple more clips of uh, some of the things I wanted to get to that really kind of hit home with me from last night. We'll get to those. Got some other news as well. Talk to Steve Cortez in the first segment of the show. David Zier over at the America's First Warehouse. And, um, my question to him about the Republican Party, I think um, I think Steve is definitely in line with most of us on this show with the Republican Party, as today Mitch McConnell gets the votes once again to, um, well, lead us to nowhere. Welcome to the yeah, party of going yeah. nowhere here with Mitch McConnell. And, and here's, I, you know, I don't know. It's so frustrating when I start to talk about it. I, I just I don't even know what, what to say. Here's the first thing he says today. My message to Joe Biden is let's find some things between the 40-yard lines that we can agree on, and we did some of that this year. Infrastructure, chips, school safety, mental health. This is what he's saying on day one. And, and they're doing this codification of, of um, the, the Marriage Act, whatever it's called, which is nothing but show. Because the Supreme Court has already ruled. And it's like, here, they just, here comes the Republic, just play along. It's just play along. No one says anything. It's like, why are we doing this? 
why are we agreeing to do this when this has been this has been this is settled this is a settled matter this is there's nothing that this bill offers that the, that no protections no anything that the supreme court has not already ruled on so you just have to ask yourself what are the republicans doing they're acting like democrats right two wings of the same bird and it's rotten you said you have the um mitch two cheeks of the same butt crapping on all of us all right let me hear 13 first g you have him on then let's look i can't wait to hear this roll 13 can you respond to former president trump uh, announcing that he plans to run for re-election and do you believe that will help or hinder your chances in the georgia runoff the way I'm going to go into this presidential primary season is to stay out of it. I don't have uh, a dog in that fight. I think it's going to be a highly contested uh, nomination fight with other candidates entering, and it's all going to be quite good for you all to cover. How do you think it will impact the, your runoff in Georgia? Do you want former President Trump to come to Georgia? We're going to do everything we can to, uh, to, Say yes. to get Herschel Walker elected. We can't pretty well determine who's going to come in. Uh, we'll see how that develops. Ugh. Give me one discernible difference between him and Pelosi. Pelosi talks better. Yeah. Pelosi Not talks far. better, by the way. And Pelosi is, is more... Um, meaner. Pelosi can make the argument. You can agree with no, not one word she'll say, but she can make the argument, quite frankly, a lot better than Mitch can make the argument. He never makes an argument for anything for his party. That's why you never see him on any conservative media. You never see Mitch McConnell go anywhere in media where he's going to get asked serious questions because he can't make the arguments. She'll go on anything to make their arguments because she actually believes in what she's saying. She can go make the argument for whatever the subject is. She's way more effective in getting what she wants. She's way more effective in rallying the troops. She does more for her party than Mitch McConnell could ever think about doing for the Republican Party. He can't make the arguments. He can barely speak. He's not effective. He's not inspiring. He's not anything. He's not anything, in my opinion. So there's a huge discernible difference between the two. Unfortunately, she's like, I mean, you know, we know the difference. But he has none of the qualities she has when it comes to this. He's not an effective politician. He's not an effective anything. That's why you never see him interviewed. You maybe see him go on with Brett Bear maybe once in a while. Because he knows he's not going to get really pushed there. But he'll go nowhere with any real conservatives who's going to ask him questions, never, you you'll see, never see it. Did you see how much money that they, that McConnell ended the midterms in the, uh, in the conference with $40 no. million. So McConnell ended the 2022 midterms with 40 million in the conference, refused to fund Blake Masters, who was outspent by $70 million. Yeah. There's a story Masters, from Gateway as well. Kelly Chewbacca, um, Bulldog. We've talked about, I told you, those three races are directly squarely on Mitch McConnell's head. I told you that a month ago. Meanwhile, we got FTX and, and you know, and, and international bankers <laughs> funding the Democrat Party to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, he, here's, he's sitting on money. Here's one more from Mitch today. 14, G, roll that. My message to the administration, and you saw some of it this year. Sure. 
let's find some things between the 40-yard lines that we can agree on and oh, do yeah. them. And we did some of that this year. Infrastructure, Great. chips, school safety, mental health. We need to make some progress for the American people, but it's going to have to be in the political center. If the House becomes Republican, there's no more one party running over us like they did through reconciliation. No more $1.9 trillion spending spree plus another 750 yeah, okay. in August that sent inflation through the roof. That's over. So I, my message to the president is, let's talk about doing some things that make progress for the country that we can agree on. And, and, and <laughs> there you go. There's typical Mitch McConnell right there. Not, not um, we're not going to participate in any lame duck session because we're not going to let every uh, green utopia uh, deal that you want to get done between now and, and then, <sighs> January. No, no, no. Hey, let's talk. Hey, what can we find between the 40-yard lines, this idiot? This yeah. is what you get. It's like I said yesterday, leading into the uh, coverage of the president. The Republican Party clearly thinks that there's nothing wrong. They have no problem what happened in 20. They have obviously no ha problem what happened in 22. It's keep all the same people. It's like the Republican Party is like the, um, the Fed governors. You can get everything wrong, and then don't worry about it. Just, just, just come back around to the other side when it flips and just say, oh, yeah, no, we're here for the people. It's like, it's like Fauci. It's like what I said to Paul on the show a year, a year and a half ago. I'd love to have that job. What job? Where can I get the job where I can be wrong on everything and never worry about losing my job? What job can I get like that? It's the what, same what, thing. Weatherman. Weatherman. <laughs> uh, true, yeah. <laughs> but it's the same thing. The Republicans have no problem with leadership, all the same leadership. But we're gonna, oh, we're going to get a different outcome, don't you know? It's going to be so different this time, everybody. It's going to be so different. Tom Emmer over Jim Banks. Really? Lee Stefanik over Byron Donalds. Not even close. I've been, telling, I've been talking about her for a long time, and I know people, some people think that she's, uh, I don't know, I guess because she supports President Trump, which is fine. That's one positive thing. Again, take a piece of paper and make the list. I don't know. But there's Mitch on day one. Hey, Joe, let's talk. No, I, I think what's really telling is that what he says there. Let's find what what, what was the uh, the quote? Let's find something between the forty yard lines. Yeah, yeah, that's where losers hang out because winners hang out in the in the end zone. Yeah, you know, if you really want to win something, you don't talk about the forty yard line. You talk about the end zone, and he's got no interest in going there. None. The only interest he has is status quo. Let's get back to status quo. Oh, we uh, midterms worked out fine for us. Good. Let's uh, let's it's status quo. Let's everybody turn on Trump now. Turn the media on. Everybody, let's release us. Paul Paul uh, Paul Ryan. Time to uh, you know start start cranking out the the negative Trump stuff. Let's go. We got to make sure we return everything back to normal the way we like it because th th they don't like when other people are pushing them around and are in charge. And I'm sorry, but it's coming, Mitch. <laughs> You're not going to be around much longer, bro. Sorry. So sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. Exactly. Time to retire this guy. And all of those who think and act just like him.
They're in for themselves. Screw you. That's why we were talking about another party, right? We were talking the other night about, you know, a MAGA party, a third party. I mean, the problem with that is that the the way the system is so rigged with the DNC and the RNC, they make it virtually impossible for another party. So now you, you're stuck on the coattails of this absolute utter disaster of a Republican party, this uniparty rhinos. I mean, they don't represent us at all. They don't rep- represent any form of the Bill of Rights or Liberty whatsoever, nothing. They have no regard for it whatsoever. Remember, we have a we have a we have a short-term funding bill coming up. You think the Republicans will use it to their advantage to stop the bleeding in this country to do it? No, of course not. No, you won't even think about it. As I've told you for seven years that I've done this show, anytime the um, the purse strings come up, he gets his ass kicked around by Pelosi and Schumer all the time. And it'll be the same thing now. So you're going to have a GOP Congress that could have rewritten the budget, but I mean, they're going to cave on that as well. So they're going to take all the leverage, any leverage they have will be gone before January even gets here. So, um, all right, what time? We got, we got time for the one more from the president from last night. Let's let's um, let's do cut four. G. It's another good one I liked a lot. Uh, roll that. We will defend the rights of parents, and we will defend the family as the center of American life. But who would think, standing up here, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, that? A politician, and I don't like to think of myself as a politician, but I guess that's what I am. I hate that thought. (laughs) But that a politician would be up saying, we will defend parental rights. Of course you're going to defend it. Who would think that we even have to mention this? Who would think it even should be a subject to be talked about? We have to defend parental rights. Can you believe this? Yeah. I love love everything about that clip. Awesome. Love everything about that. The parental rights thing. I even love the, um, I don't think the whole politician debate with him. That he's debating himself on what he is. <laughs> you know, I guess I am, and I don't like it because I don't like politicians. I just love the way he handled that whole thing. Naturally. And, 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 and framing and using the family, saying it is the, um, the center of American life, I think is, is, is great. Because these Marxist cultural issues is a winning argument for any Republican. We know that. And um, every, any Republican who runs for any office should be doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down on all of those. So um, good for the president. I thought, that was, I thought that was a great, great talking point last night. And I hope he keeps hammering that as well, when yeah. I think he will. Especially for the blue states. Because you can't tell me that, you know, Democrats in the blue states are all like, yeah, 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 do whatever you want to my kid. I don't love them. No, they're parents first. You know, it, it, it has to be family. For, if you put your politics and your party over your family, you have mental issues. Yeah. People. All right, more from the president's speech. A couple more clips we've got. We'll do some more sports and news coming up as well, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. We're glad you're in.
Well, um, home builder buyer traffic just hit early 2008 levels. I, I don't know that people are really on board with how bad the real estate market is on its way to being. Home builder buyer traffic hits 2008 levels today, this morning, numbers released. And um, I heard Steve Cortez talk a little bit of a little bit about this with David Zier in the 7 o'clock hour. It's just that uh, inflation and we're heading towards recession. And I know the Fed thinks they can somehow manufacture a soft landing, but the, the, the likelihood of that is becoming slimmer and slimmer. We'll see what happens in the first two weeks of December. Big um, CPI data will come out on the 12th, and then the Fed meeting is the next day. So we'll see if we get another rate hike. If it's gonna, we're gonna get another rate hike. The only question is, is it 75 or will they go 50 in December and then either 50 or 25 in January? And then will they stop with a federal funds rate around four and three quarters or maybe five? But in the meantime, inflation has continued to be a plague on the economy, your family, and our savings. And the irresponsible spending from the left will just continue to exacerbate that problem. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings wither away. Hedge against inflation with precious metals and gold from uh, Birch Gold Group. They've made it super easy to find out more. All you have to do is text the word America, send it to 989898 and get your free information kit on diversifying into physical gold and silver, all in a tax-sheltered retirement account. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold has helped thousands, and they can help you too. And for a limited time, Birch Gold has a special offer from the Live from Studio 6B audience. Purchase gold now, between now and Black Friday, which is coming up in about a week. Birch will send you a free gold bar with your purchase. So don't allow the left to continue to devalue your savings. Text the word America right now to 989898 and get your free information kit and all the details on how to claim your free gold bar when you purchase precious metals from Birch Gold. Secure your future with gold. Text the word America to 989898 and do it today. All right, uh, 19 past the hour live from Studio 6B. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friends at MyPillow, mypillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals. I believe those Giza sheets are still 19 or 29 bucks. I think 29 seems, bucks. Well, it just seems impossible to sell those. Getting the, the I don't know, just seems impossible to sell them, but the, that, that's the price. So go, um, well, go buy them. Go buy one for you, one for your friends, and one for your neighbors. And just say, hey, man, you want to get a good night's sleep? Sleep on these. So, and then give them a my pillow too, because if they're not sleeping on a my pillow, they're not getting a good night's sleep. So, uh, what's going on, Slick Rick? Well, don't sleep on that purchase because Giza sheets. I heard the supplies are getting low, Big D. So they better get moving on them because Mike said supplies are limited on the Giza sheets. He's been pushing them all over. So, anyway, NHL action. Get to some scores right now. Senators over the Sabers, two to one. Sixteen minutes to go in the third period, and the Blues giving it to Chicago in Chicago, up four two at the end of two. Kings and Oilers later out east at west at ten o'clock tonight. Uh, Couple of scores uh, in the NCAA men's football games. Big D, we got action tonight. Miami of Ohio just went up over North Illinois, 19-17, five to go in the third. Eastern Michigan, 24-17 over Kent State, nine and a half to go in the fourth. And at the half, Western Michigan and Central Michigan tied at 
seven. And, uh, well, get, speaking of college football, former Washington State football coach Nick Rolovich sues university for firing him over vaccination status. This is Paul Boy of Breitbart. Uh, former Washington State football coach Nick Rolovich has filed a lawsuit against the university and the state's Democrat, Governor Jay Inslee, for firing him over his coronavirus vaccination status. In the lawsuit, Rolovich claims that Washington State Athletic Director Patrick Chun unfairly terminated his employment in accordance with Governor Inslee's order for all state employees to receive the coronavirus vaccine if they did not have a specific exemption. Though Rolovich, a practicing Catholic, tried to obtain a religious exemption, he claims that the university and Chun specifically gave him a hostile treatment. Uh, Rolovich contends Chun and other university officials were hostile when they denied him religious exemption and fired him from his $3 million a year coaching job midway through the 2021 season, reported USA Today. Rolovich was the highest paid public employee in the state at the time and had more than three years left on his five-year contract. Rolovich further claims in the lawsuit that Chun referred to him as a selfish con man for seeking a religious objection and ensured that it would be rejected. Schools officials have denounced the lawsuit and defended their firing of Rolovich, citing Inslee's order. Washington State University carried out the governor's COVID-19 vaccination proclamation for state employees in a fair and lawful matter, including its evaluation of employees, blah, blah, blah. In a letter released last year, Rolovich's lawyer detailed that Chun had a particular animus uh, toward the uh, coach, coach's religious beliefs. Since at least early April, it became clear that Chun had already determined that Coach Rolovich would be fired, the letter stated. Chun's uh, animus towards uh, Coach Rolovich sincerely held religious beliefs, and Chun's dishonesty at the expense of Coach Rolovich during the past year is damning and will be thoroughly detailed in litigation. Uh, Chun's discriminatory and vindictive, vindictive behavior have caused immeasurable harm to Coach Rolovich and his family. Governor Jay Inley has also dismissed Rolovich's claims as just wrong. So we'll see how that plays out. Very interesting way that went, guys. But uh, we'll see. Washington Washington State, Big D. That's some story. really is. Uh, and that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. We'll do some more sports before we wrap it up. Let's do some more news. And here with that is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? So Ivanka Trump, the eldest daughter of President Trump, as you all know, has issued a statement on why she was not on stage for her father's presidential announcement Tuesday night saying she will support her father, but wants to focus on her family rather than politics. And I say good for her. Um, love, I love my father very much. This time around, I'm choosing to prioritize my young children and my private life uh, we are creating as a family. Uh, I do not plan to be involved in politics. While I will always love and support my father going forward, I will do so outside the political arena. I'm grateful to have had the honor of serving the American people and will always be proud of many of the administration's accomplishments that we had. Her brother Donald Trump also missed the father's announcement. However, Ivanka Trump's husband, Jared Kushner, also, uh, he he was there, and uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle also attended. Uh, Trump's sons, uh, Baron and Eric, and uh, Lara, uh, Eric's wife, uh, were there as well. So I am, uh, I got to be honest with you, I, I, I think it's good for Ivanka. She, uh, she took unnecessary abuse before Right, guys, not for them before. Oh yeah, Trump was there. She was respected and loved and admired. She was graceful and elegant and brilliant and kind and warm and just a good kid. And and then the the abuse she took. I, 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 good for her. Good for her. I mean, listen. L- let's call it like it is here. Separating that the fact that this is his daughter and her husband. There has been a lot of speculation that. Um, Jared Kushner and Ivanka, let, let's, think, let's, let's be real here. These are New York City liberals. I know it's their father, 
but let's be real about where they mostly stand politically. And of course, a lot of the speculation over the Trump's four years was that Jared Kushner was uh, a lot of times at um, some of the reasons that Trump was not necessarily as conservative on some issues as, as he could have been. And what's really one of the big, really interesting things from last night also is, is this clip um, cut seven G because this is a, almost a 180 from the first step act which was one of Trump's big policy deals in the in the first 4 years of the Trump administration where drug dealers and like um would be getting out of prison and so now last night he says this cut 7 roll it we're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs gets caught selling drugs to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts because it's the only way. We don't need any more blue ribbon committees. We don't need, I don't like to say this and I don't even know if the American public is ready for it and a lot of my people say, please don't say that, sir, that's not nice. They kill 500 people each on average. And if you don't do this, In China, when I was with President Xi, I said, President, do you have a drug problem? No, 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 we don't. He looked at me like I didn't know what I was doing. Let's talk about this when we get back. the hour live from studio 6b so the 10 people that voted against mcconnell rick scott obviously uh josh hawley ron johnson eric schmidt mike braun ted cruz lindsey graham marco rubio cynthia loomis and mike lee conspicuously absent from that was um newly elected jd vance which i find interesting so can, can he even vote yet? I didn't think he was able to vote. Sure, until Eric he gets... Schmidt just elected from Missouri. Hmm. Yeah, remember this is Repu- this is just the Republican caucus voting. Right. So, um, very interesting. I suspect if Oz was there, he wouldn't be on the list either, though. So, uh, so getting back to what we just left off in the last segment, because I just want to remind you, because this is a very interesting pivot. And I'm sure there's minutiae here that maybe I'm not, I'm not getting. But let me just remind you, the first step back, President Trump's first um, two years in December of 2018, Congress passed and the president signed the first step back into law, taking the first steps needed to correct a serious injustice in our country. First step stands for formerly incarcerated, reenter society, transform safely, transitioning every person. Its goal is very straightforward, to give deserving prisoners... The opportunity to get a shortened sentence for positive behavior and job training and giving judges and juries the power that the Constitution intended to grant them in sentencing. The body of research clearly demonstrate that the size of the penalty doesn't act as determinant. Crime is more often the result of one's environment and lack of opportunity. As such, 
The key to preventing inmates from receding back into the system is to ensure that before they leave prison, they have the means and the opportunity to earn for themselves. Lack of opportunity nearly guarantees that an inmate will return to prison. The First Step Act seeks to change this by incentivizing prisoners to take part in evidence-based training programs which are specifically targeted at increasing opportunity once they are released. Participation in these programs can earn as many as 47 days per year knocked off their sentence. In conjunction with other programs, it ensures that an inmate simultaneously earns a lighter sentence while ensuring that when released, the inmate will uh, be far more likely to simply become a productive member of society as opposed to winding up back in the system. But the law goes further as well. It also extends to judges when sentencing and gives them additional ways to circumvent damaging mandatory minimum sentence guidelines in many cases. This ensures that a 19-year-old offender without a criminal history, won't be locked away for life for a minor drug mistake. So we, we went from that to one more time, G, cut seven last night. Roll that. We're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs, gets caught selling drugs, to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts because it's the only way. We don't need any more blue ribbon Committees, we don't need, I don't like to say this, and I don't even know if the American public is ready for it, and a lot of my people say, please don't say that, sir, that's not nice. They kill 500 people each on average. And if you don't do this, in China, when I was with President Xi, I said, President, do you have a drug problem? No, 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 we don't. He looked at me like I didn't know what I was doing. So that, I, I mean, again, I'm sure there's minutiae here that I, maybe I'm not, understanding or getting into but it just seems like a very interesting i mean i like last i like last night much more um but it does seem like an, an interesting pivot i wonder how he squares that well um let's see when it comes to china's drug problem of course they don't have a drug problem because they send all their drugs here so that solves their problem <laughs> <laughs> um but nice. But but I think the minutia you're 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 looking for, or maybe maybe you know, maybe I'm missing it. Um, it's a difference between sellers and users. You know, as he said, you know, I think the first step step act you read said something about people who've made mistakes. You know, they got caught with so, so much on them they were using blah blah blah. That's a mistake. That's something you can come back from. I think what he was saying there was specific. He said drug pe people who sell drugs. He was pointing at them directly. But couldn't that, I mean. Because the sellers are the, are the main problem. If you get rid of the sellers, well, then you get, you know, you hopefully alleviate the problem. But you would think sellers would have fallen certainly under this first step back if they sold uh, two ounces of, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, if it's in there, then it's in there. Then, then maybe it's a pivot. But, you know, the, the one distinction I just saw, you know, from what you read compared to what he just said, is he mentioned sellers specifically. So if you're selling drugs, and you know, you know you shouldn't be because it's against the law, uh, kind of like that murder thing, um, you're you're they're gonna go after you, as opposed to somebody who's young, nineteen, like you said, maybe it's their first offense. They got picked up. Oh, you know. Uh, I didn't, uh, all of a sudden, he's got a he's got a bag on him, what have you, and uh, he gets busted for it, and ends up because of the the laws that were on the books at the time, they get thrown away for ten years on their first offense or something. Or Paul, what do you think of this? 
Maybe he was referring to uh, Moderna and Pfizer. Pfizer. <laughs> well, that's where I, that, you know where that's where I was going with this, didn't you? I'm like, so if you make a drug, you, you distribute the drug, and it kills people, yeah, death penalty. Okay. Uh, Pfizer, let's start with the entire board of Pfizer and Moderna. That's exactly where I was going with okay. this. Okay. All right. Very good. But, uh, I, but before we go jumping on the whole death penalty thing, so if a guy sells, let's say, a joint and – you know, that's a death penalty. What are we talking well, yeah, about? I don't though? know. I don't know. It's got to be low. I don't know. It's got to be some level. I mean, yeah. We're talking about cartels moving. Yeah, absolutely. Kill them. Yeah, that, there's, there's, some, there's obviously some. Um, <laughs> I got a good look. So there's some nuance, obviously, that we're probably missing here. But I, I did he, think it was an interesting. He did take issue with uh, these these the statistic that the average person he's talking about kills 500 people. So I'm right. assuming we're talking drugs yeah. that, you know. Are, are definitely deadly to people, you know. Yeah, things, again, things, things like fentanyl and people who deal in methamphetamines. In like, yeah, yeah. Uh, in large quantities, yeah. like like you said, okay. Pfizer, Moderna, those, yeah. those large. All right, um, let's go cut five G, uh, because this is what we were talking about before. This is as close to I've heard the president talk about possibly that some things during COVID may have actually gone off the rails. Uh, cut five, roll that. As Commander in Chief. I will get Biden's radical left ideology out of our military, and I did. I did. And in the first day, they put it back. They signed an executive order, and they put it back. It was gone. We will abolish every Biden COVID mandate and rehire every patriot who was fired from our military with an apology and full back pay. Good stuff there. Yeah, what do you think of that, Paul? Good stuff. Yeah, I right? love that. That's exactly. Look, to me, I think the one thing that it lacks so much these days, you make a mistake, own it. All right. I made a mistake on the virus, on the, uh, on, you know, on the mandates. I made mistakes on, on my promotion of drugs. And in retrospect, history has proved to be a mistake. I, I own that going forward. I've learned from it. I have new information here and I'm changing my policy on it. I would just love some humility and uh and you know and some accountability from everybody at every level and it, it's endearing people will it's you know it, it's an endearing fa- feature on people if they could say hey you know what the new information has come to light and the myocarditis and the effects that this has had and the blood clotting and the strokes and the it's time to uh change the rules and if there is a uh if there's one thing i think he should stand on is he should constantly talk about the globalist agenda and i think he should constantly talk about these vaccines, if they cause harm, the medical companies are liable. Yeah, well, we may be waiting a while for that, but we'll see. Um, cut six, two more here that really resonated with me, and obviously is close. We'll get to here. So one more, and then we'll get to the close. Uh, on the elections, he talked about elections, and I thought he made it very simple. Three things, easy to remember, easy to focus on. Cut six, G, roll that. To eliminate cheating... I will immediately demand voter ID, same-day voting, and only paper ballots. And, and we want all votes counted by election night. Yeah, three simple yeah. things. Of course, this is, where, this is where what we've talked about in these red states where the Republicans now, and you can look at the, I posted, I think, yesterday, the numbers in the states. In the states, these senates, the house and and you know the house and senates in these state legislatures and the governorships, this is where the president needs to lean on, like what DeSantis did in Florida, 
He absolutely took a swing state and made it deep red. They get all, everything done in one night. They have no issues. He fired all these incompetent people when he got there. And that's what he needs these red state governors to do and any kind of blue swing states um, as well. Because people will say, oh, look, he's going to nationalize elections, this guy. You guys are worried about Biden doing that. Now look at what he wants to do. This is where he needs to lean on these governors all over this country to get some of this done. Yeah, my question is, is you know, when you say cleaning up the elections and how DeSantis made uh, Florida a red state, maybe it was always a red state. Maybe it's just that he was able to clean up the elections. Now you're getting a truer count of exactly who's voting for who. Could That's kind of that? what I think. I believe you know? that. Because I, I just... I, you know, and and again, you know, anybody who sits there and goes, well, you know, we have this many Democrats and this many Republicans, people are going to defect. You know, it's as simple as that. They they vote by what affects them. And if the Democrat is sitting there talking about uh, abortion and, and trans rights and they can't feed their family, they're going to be like, I'm done with you. Who can help me feed my family and deal with the inflation problem? You? OK, let's go. Because, again, you know, if you're if you're going to sit there and tell me, well, people put party over them, their own livelihood, uh, you're nuts. Yeah, well, I told you that in election, and I think that's true. I think there's I think there's millions and millions and millions of people in the Democratic Party that vote at their own peril because they have to just vote. It's, they have to vote for. It's the same. It's 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 similar to what I've been saying about the piece of. Again, take a piece of paper and write down anyone in the Democratic Party that 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 uh, thinks for themselves. You'll have a blank piece of paper. Right, but 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 in terms of uh, of those types of people, I think um, you're talking about those are the people that depend on the government. Those are the people that uh, you know they they live at home. They don't have it. They don't have any responsibilities. The, the Democrats that have responsibilities are the ones that are are more independent and be like, look, I got to vote for this person because that person is against me. I'd love to believe you and me agree too. with you, but I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I mean, you could be right. You could too. be right, but I, I'm, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. So uh, we don't have time to play the close. G. We'll play it after we do sports. Uh, anything else in news, Paul Nolan, you want to do right now? Uh, just real quick. I'll just hit. How much time do we have? I don't see the clock. We got like a minute. So uh, Tesla founder has recently minted uh, the Twitter CEO, Elon Musk, Wednesday that he anticipated scaling down the time he spends running the social media platform and eventually appointing someone else to manage the company. He said, I expect to reduce my time at Twitter and find somebody else to run Twitter over time. Musk's purchase of Twitter drew scrutiny from the uh, left-wing activists and pundits over his plans to curtail the platform's censorship and of diverse viewpoints. Uh, he previously suggested he would reinstate uh, President Trump. At one stage, the proceedings he backed out of the uh, purchase, prompting the suit. We don't know all this, but uh, it's just a matter of... Um, you know, him saying that he's going to uh, hire someone. So I just figured I'd touch on that real quick. Just add a few comments if you guys wanted to talk about uh, Musk, if we have time in the next segment. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. We'll wrap it up a little more sports news and President Trump's closing from last night, which I thought was fantastic. We'll get to that when we get back on a Wednesday.
live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Let's do some sports before we play the president's um, closing remarks last night, which I thought were great. And here with sports is sponsored by uh, MyPillow, MyPillow.com. Use our code LFS6B at checkout as you buy all your great holiday gifts to give to all your friends. Um, LFS6B, 10 to 60% off. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D. Well, Dr. Tom in the Get It Chats asking for some NCAA men's basketball scores. So we have a couple of finals here. Michigan, number 20, Michigan over Pitt, 91-60. Number 22, Tennessee, Rick, your Vols, 81-50 over FGCU. Notre Dame right now uh, leading Northwestern, 44-28. That's in the second half. About a minute to go there, almost wrapped up. And uh, Utah all over Oklahoma, 42-31. And Maryland, big D, number 19, Maryland, 70 to 52. That's a final over Davidson. LSU over Houston Christian, 101, 47. And Iowa State, the great state of Iowa. You know, we love Iowa. Number seven, Iowa State, 88, 85 over love Northern Iowa. Iowa. So a lot going on in the state last night. Good stuff. And uh, love Iowa. big D, remember, speaking of college basketball, remember that? Of course. Yeah, well, come on, boys. You know, come on, get your corn ready. Come on, man. Hey, come on, man. Potatoes. Uh, Kentucky's John Calipari follows through on VIP treatment for Kentucky coal miner. Oh, I, loved, that story I love that week. story. Oh, I, I saw stuff, that. Right? I love that I know. Guy. That was from earlier in the week, but I wanted to get to it. I didn't get to it last night because I wasn't on. Dylan Glenn of, uh, of, of Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. Last month, Kentucky men's basketball coach John Calipari saw viral pictures of a coal miner covered in soot who had raced straight from work to attend a scrimmage at Rupp Arena with his son. Anyway, he offered him the MVP treatment. Which he gave him indeed, sitting behind the bench, and uh, really good stuff. So kudos to John Calipari and Kentucky. Hopefully they get blessed in the uh, NCAA Final Four. That is good karma, good stuff. And uh, I like what it said. In recent years, the sports world has done little to endear itself to the everyday American. But through all the anthem protesting, money haggling, taxpayer fleecing, wife girlfriend beating, and other garbage, sports still has the power to give great moments to great people who deserve it. Well done. And as Slick Rick, the sports guy on the show, I love to hear that. So good stuff. Great story. And uh, real I won't even get to it. I'll, I'll, I'll do the story tomorrow night. Big D, leave you some time. All right? And I got to show the shoes, though. I do got, have to show the shoes. We got plenty of time. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I got to show the shoes. They're asking for the shoes tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got the, I'm off the chains, guys. We're off the chains. <laughs> <laughs> those shoes are off the chains. Oh, off the chains. Yeah. I don't want to put them on a nice glass table. Though. Are those steel toes on those things? They are those? steel toes. You oh, better believe Lord. it. Those are, you know what, kickers. What size are those? <laughs> I'm a size eight. Small size uh, eight. I need to put two of them together to wear one. Slide <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like 16, Big D. Well, I got a story about a chain-smoking uh, Chinese marathon runner He's who uh, ran, ran the marathon in three and a half hours. But Hunter Biden? Oh, no, what? <laughs> yeah, but uh, real quick, Warner Todd uh, Hudson of uh, Breitbart. A Chinese marathon runner named Uncle Chen has shocked the running world after being seen chain-smoking during his races. <laughs> Uncle Chen, a 50-year-old marathon runner who has participated in a slew of races in China while live up one coffin nail after another, but this dude isn't blowing smoke. He's actually <laughs> earning respectable time, says TMZ Sports. The rail thin run has become a phenom on China's social media app Weibo, uh, as re- photos show him whipping out his lighter and burning butt after butt during his runs. <laughs> guy's coming in at three and a half hours, which I mean, the world record is like two and two or five, two or six. This guy's doing it in three and a half hours. It's amazing, but he literally he's chain smoking. So anyway, I thought that was funny, Big D. But I'm going to throw it back to you. All right. Now, Slick, thanks very much. Uh, let's do a couple uh, getter messages on, from the audience tonight. Lee703 says, I watched Steve Cortez and David Zier do a sp- uh, terrific special on Real America's Voice. Yes, they did. 
uh, kept it on, and now I'm watching at LFS6B. I have seen the lead guy, which I guess that means me, on specials like Election Night, but I really like the smiley, slick Rick guy. Such a happy <laughs> warrior. <laughs> This show may now be part of my daily routine. Keep nice. it up, guys. Okay, there you wow. go. Sorry to hear that. So, <laughs> I'm always amazed when new viewers actually come back for night two. <laughs> They're asking for three hours now. They want three hours from us, Big D. They're not saying, what the hell is, what the hell is this? Now, now you're known as lead guy. Uh, I guess so, yes. Uh, Joe... Mm, crazy K lady on says Ed Henry. It looks like LFS six B Damon is wearing his green golf handicap band on his wrist. Well, no, this is saying that I actually have an, a, a gas bubble in my eye. So if I, if I go somewhere, I'll, the doctor will know that's what that is. Oh. Uh, must remind himself to use the kitty tea. Oh, very funny. <laughs> I don't use the kitty tea. Although maybe I, I should the way I play. <laughs> Paul Nolan plays from the tips. <laughs> um not true oh, that's fake news <laughs> uh let's see what else we got here i think dr carol swain would be a great vp choice okay very good oh yeah we never talked about saw, vp choices yeah i saw a lot of carrie lakes in there she's without a doubt a, a front runner and a, and a pit bull so i'd like to see a rick Grinnell maybe be considered i love Grinnell. I don't know if he'll be considered, but I love Grinnell. Zeldin's free now. Love Zeldin, although Zeldin may be uh, RNC chair. RNC yeah. chair if they could replace Rona McDaniel, which again is another person. I mean, yeah. wh what? Why should she be there? What? What has gone so great that say, oh yeah, no, we should keep her here? I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's a nice person. I don't know her, but never spoke to her. But what? What would? I don't know. But if we, I mean, if, if, if they continue with what they've done so far, obviously she's probably going to stay because they don't see any problem, obviously, with what's going on. So, all right, before we run out of time, President closing remarks last night. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Roll that, G. I am asking for your vote. I am asking for your support. And I am asking for your friendship and your prayers. This very incredible but dangerous journey. If our movement remains united and confident, then we will shatter the forces of tyranny and we will unleash the glories of liberty for mm. ourselves and for mm. our children and for language. generations yet to come. America's golden age is just ahead. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. We will make America glorious again. And we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank strong. you. Strong, strong, strong. Asking yeah. for your prayers in this dangerous journey. I loved that part of it. Yeah. He's dead at sea. Absolutely yeah. loved that part of it. And that kind of that kind of jumped out at me. Dangerous journey. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now comparing That's that. Go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. 
No, 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 guys. I'm sorry, but I thought Dangerous Journey was – he's right. And that's the one thing, man. He's up against the machine of devil. If you just hate. Just you know, evil. once again, there's a lot of humility in that statement. You know, I'm asking for your friendship. I'm asking for your prayers. You know, and his detractors will say he has none of that. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Whatsoever. So, um, all right. The WTF of the day, just as a comparison – just as a comparison between that kind of talk and this kind of talk when you're overseas. Roll it, G. I'm crazy! By the way, I very much worry about this guy's biceps. His biceps, <laughs> his biceps are big as my calves. Look at this. There, there's a man. I hope we're on the same side. He's Russian. I don't care who he is. He's got some real biceps. We call them guns. I'm crazy! We call them guns. He's got some real nice biceps. I miss Daddy T, true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too. <laughs> you remind me of a boy I knew when I was a Boy Scout leader. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Watch oh, me. God. <laughs> Please, so someone funny. make it make sense. It Please. Takes him, it takes him back to when he was a lifeguard. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Corn he was pop. a bad dude at Corn Pop. Corn Pop had some big biceps. Ah, baby, come on. come on. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us, of course. Everybody on the show, G Friend, thanks. Thanks to uh, Steve Cortez for joining us, to great David Zier for making it happen. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night on a Thursday. Look at them shoes. Give me two of them. I'll put them on my right foot. All right, we're out of here. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow night.